You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And we've talked a lot on the podcast about, well, the need for us to think beyond just NFTs as a project. And we've talked about what does it mean to have you know NFTs as a business? But I think we've been missing some of the key components of that whole aspect, right? We talk about, you know, it's so interesting when I, when I think people are like, you know what, Brian, I want to know how to mint an NFT. Or Brian, you know, how do I find a great developer that can help me design a smart contract for an NFT project? Or, you know, I'm literally look. I need an artist to kind of complete this NFT project that I'm working on. But more important in many cases, or maybe equally important, let's say that, are the other aspects of what we need to kind of build, create, uh, empower, and plan for when it comes to a business. So we're going to cover that. On today's episode of NFT 365, before we get there, give a shout out to our sponsor, Crypto Business Conference. It is happening October 9th to the 11th in San Diego, California. Definitely check it out. Talking all things NFTs, metaverse, creator coins, and more. I'll give you a little bit more information about that at the end of the podcast. And of course, you know we are on the on the countdown to not only this end of season one of the podcast. But it's the the culmination. It is the completion of our first year of buying an NFT every single day for a year. And as most of you have heard me say over and over again, is that I completely underestimated what does it mean to buy an NFT every day? Uh, not only from a research perspective, but even from a financial uh, commitment dispe- you know, perspective to you know how what are all the different blockchains and how do I I track this and how do we share it with you know our community and even how do we put it all together so that we can sell it as a mosaic um, at the end of the year. And I say all of that because, you know, I, for one, you know, for example, is that when we started the podcast and buying an NFT every day, we were just kind of leaning in to what at the time made sense. And we were kind of building this, uh, let's just say we're building this beautiful Jeep Wrangler while we're driving it. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say building the Lambo or the airplane. We're going to say building the Jeep Wrangler. And so we're, we're putting on the oversized tires. We're, we're, we're jacking up the lift. Uh, you know, we're taking it to the shop cause that's where my Jeep has been recently. Um, but I say that because, you know, the NFT projects of the last 18 months, I won't even, I'm not even sure if you could say they were building them as they were flying. I, I would say in many cases they were throwing things at the wall seeing what sticks and then realizing what they needed to create or hire to support what was currently working. But we've heard this over and over and over again, especially over this, you know, bear run summer. And, you know, we are now post merge, right? We are in a new, new era of Ethereum, a new era of NFTs. And one of those new eras is we have to really break down, you know, what is our commitment? What are the promises that we are making 
to our you know NFT holders, to our community. And a lot of that comes down to actually building a business. And the, for many of us, I, I know for many of us that are listening here, many have not been an entrepreneur before. Many have maybe been an entrepreneur, but been a, a solopreneur um, at, you know, within your own kind of eco, you know, ecosystem or maybe even as a side hustle. But when you think about actually building a business, and I would actually even go beyond a traditional startup, because let's face it, for a lot of these projects, they might have been started as a project, but then they went into kind of startup mode. But scaling beyond startup mode to be actual, you know, a business that can scale, a business that can, let's face it, stand out from the noise, a business that can adapt and deal with, you know, changing market or complaining customers. That requires a lot more planning, a lot more understanding of, you know, the moving parts. And so one of the things that, you know, if you look at the projects that are, you know, massively successful right now, and you kind of break down what what they look at, like what they look like today. Most of them have a founder or CEO or maybe co-founders at the top of the uh, of the pyramid. They probably have been there since the beginning. Of course, they're going to have the 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 artists and the developers that help them, you know, create the the NFTs themselves. But then we have to take a step back and recognize all of the other moving parts, right? Everything from a COO or the chief operations officer, right? Where, you know, a COO in many cases is the one that is not only helping, you know, uh, around, you know, what is mo- what moving parts are going where and and planning for not only, you know, future roadmaps and current uh, utility, but also, you know, kind of uh, connecting a lot of the, let's just say the disjointed uh, components of a business, especially a small business. And then you're going to, of course, have some other moving parts, right? You're going to have your, your CMO or your head of marketing. And I think that's also just an important one uh, to recognize. And I know for a lot of people that might be listening, you know, I'm going to ask a simple question and it's okay to not know the answer to this because I, I believe a lot of, I've actually, I believe a lot of people that have actually hired for these roles don't really truly understand the differences. But there is a difference between hiring a CMO, a chief marketing officer, and hiring a vice president of marketing, now, it might be, you know, for, for, some, for some cases, it might be a simple difference of, you know, one is an executive and one is not. But that is not where I, I think we have to think about this in the Web3 environment. Where we separate the two is that, you know, a vice president of marketing or someone that is heading up your marketing, maybe it's, the, you know, the head of marketing within a pro, uh, NFT business, they're going to be, you know, have the people that are reporting to them and their focus is really the execution of the marketing strategy and the marketing tactics, right? So they're not going to be having to do all of the button pushing, but the people that are doing the button pushing and the, those that are managing the button pushing are going to be reporting to that to that role. And in 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 the NFT business case, that probably is going to be advisors, going to be consultants, going to be maybe some freelancers or some contractors. And I don't know about anyone else that's listening to this right now, but the first time I hired a contractor or a freelancer man, did I screw up. I mean, I'm telling you, I didn't know what I was looking for. Like I thought I knew what I was looking for. Actually, let's, let's, let's be truthful. I thought I knew what I needed. <laughs> and then when I hired someone to actually accomplish what I thought I needed, I couldn't have been more wrong. And, and part of that came down to understanding, you know, what, what, how, what are the processes and plans and procedures that were in place? What was the problems I was looking for this person to solve? And so there are a lot of moving parts. And let's face it, underneath of that you know, manager or VP of marketing role 
it, they're going to have to also handle a lot of the community responsibilities, right? Because most projects are not going to have the the you know liquidity or uh, you know kind of team bandwidth to have a, a chief COO, CCO, or a chief community officer. I do know community officers uh, are something that are becoming a little bit more trendy in some uh, in some brands and startups that are are scaling, understanding the importance of community. But in many cases, if you think of it this way. The social media manager, the team building the website, the team building the DAP, the team managing the Discord, the team setting up the Discord, the team handling ads, the team handling SEO, the team handling, uh, let's say, customer support via social media, all of those are going to kind of report underneath of that head of marketing or VP of marketing. Now, I, I mentioned before the difference between a VP of marketing and the CMO that CMO, their job is to not only understand the the marketing variables, but be able to understand what marketing you know uh, you know aspects are moving and shaking in other departments and other aspects of the business. They also are going to understand you know beyond just the strategy of the marketing department. How do we connect the strategy between our marketing and our founders? And I will tell you, this is a disconnect right now in NFTs. Like and and it's a tough one, right? As you know, as a founder myself, uh, one of the things that is a struggle is that there is a tendency for us to embrace this, like you know, this speculation uh, excitement. I, I guess that's the best way I could say it. We could call it FOMO. We could call it speculation excitement, right? Where people are asking questions, we're excited to be building something and launching something, and we, especially as founders, and I say we, um, have a tendency to sometimes put the cart before the horse. Or I don't know why we use that uh, that analogy, which because most of us never had a cart or a horse to uh, put one in front of or behind. Um, but what I mean by that is we will oftentimes put out like a date or drop quote unquote alpha. And I, I'm going to challenge everyone on this this notion here. But I actually don't think founders should be allowed to give out alpha without it being pre-approved by someone else on their team. And if, if we had, uh, you know, NFT founders that could do that, it would be a lot more successful, including podcasts, probably ones like uh, daily podcasts, uh, like one that you're listening to right now, where I have without question, put my foot in my mouth or made a statement without recognizing what, you know, the rest of the team was working on and then realizing, oh, wait a second, we might not even have the resources, the time or that on our priority list to actually execute. And then let's take it a step further. So even if you're, you, maybe you don't have a space for a CMO and a vice president of marketing or a head of marketing, well, now you have to ask yourself, okay, where, where are the things going to, uh, you know, what is the things that are, we're going to have to sacrifice, right? And I think this is where, you know, for projects to be more than just a project and be truly a business, we also have to connect the dots into, you know, what are our long-term plans? How are we building this uh, entire business? And I'm going to use VFriends, for example, right? And I don't like using, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk as an example in most of the podcast, not because I'm not a fan. I'm blessed to be a fan and, and had him mentor me for, uh, you know, a couple of years as I started as an entrepreneur. But the reason I use VFriends as an example is that, you know, VFriends Series 1, when it dropped and minted out, you know, so much of that had, you know, planning and scheduling and, and Gary, you know, was super smart. If, and, you know, those that don't realize that, you know, on his team, Andy, um, Andy Kay was actually the one that was set up to be president uh, of VFriends from the jump, right? Gary knew that Gary has to run all of the other businesses and, and the brand that he has. 
But he also knew that they had to put a team involved there. But here's the, here's the thing that I think is more important. You know, they planned for V Friends 1 and then they dropped V V Friends Series 2. And they were also, of course, launching that, you know, small event in beautiful Minneapolis called VCon. Well, now we have moving parts in the sense of we have the, the V Friends business. We have the, the Series 1 project, the Series 2 project, the VCon project. And then if you look at Gary V's overall mission and vision, he said he wants to build the IP that is the Disney of the future, right? He wants my grandkids to be able to be to, to look at you know children's books or TV shows or YouTube shows that include the characters that he was rolling out in V Friends. And when he looked at his business, he realized that the 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 business needed to make a decision. Do we drop another project, which would be a V Friends series three, or do we go get, you know, uh, we try to get funding right from a VC and that funding allow us to scale and build without us having to drop another series. And I say all of that because it might sound like, well, hey, I'm not V Friends. I'm not building the, you know, the V Friends right now. I, you know, I'm, you know, I have, you know, this little project with this mission. Here's the, here's the truth. What, what, if you look at that entire process, First of all, you should not sell yourself short. You know, the idea of the next, you know, blue chip, the ideas of the next big, you know, I believe NFT businesses in this space have yet to be launched. They have yet to be put out there. Many of you might be listening right now and be part of those teams that end up building these businesses that can truly adapt and scale and and grow. But the the part of this that I believe that we can take from what Gary V has done is that you know he had a head of V Friend Series One, he had a head of VCon, a president of of the event, and so for him as founder and kind of you know the let's just say the 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 man that was kind of making those decisions, he was able to operate and do what was best for the overall business and bring in VC funding. Now does that mean that VC funding makes sense for every project? We don't know. I think I think one of the things that is interesting right now, especially on NFT Twitter, is that people are, you know, they're they're either pro or against VCs funding NFT projects. And I think that's a wrong way of looking at it. I don't think we should be we should we should hold something against a team that goes and raises funds. But what we should hold accountable is that if teams are making those strategic decisions, then we also should recognize what does that mean for the business and what does that mean for those that are NFT holders? Like I would challenge people right now, if you looked in your wallet and if you are holding an NFT that is self-funded based on the NFT mint, and then you're also holding an NFT in your wallet that has VC funding, I would love to know for you, what do you feel the differences are as in your ownership stake, your their vision and their connection to you? And you know, if there is a disconnect, if there is a change in their you know, business practices, then we have to really kind of al- align and understand that, right? I think there's projects like Boss Beauties, World of Women. We could throw, um, you know, D-Gods just got the, the funding through Dust Labs, which is part of the, the Utes family. Of course, you have Yugla, you know, and Yuga, I mean, you, we can't really, you know, they're, they're the apple uh, of this space. But if we take a step back now, I, I mentioned, you know, these different roles, right? And, and you might be thinking, well, wait a second, Brian, I don't have the budget for all of these roles, you know, when I'm launching the project or as I'm building this. And it's okay to not have the budget, but it's not okay to not have a plan or understanding of what those roles need, what those roles require, and even how those roles attach to your delivery of utility. I'm a huge fan of reverse engineering. 
So if you're an NFT founder right now and you're listening, what I would love for you to do is think about a year from now. If everything went perfect between now and a year after, let's say, you drop your NFT project, the community is being built, you're executing on the utility, think about all of the moving parts. Think about you know what is the external marketing? What is the internal communication? What are, where does your community live? How are you managing content, customer service? If you have merchandise, where does, who's managing that? Where is that living? And you, start to need, you need to start reverse engineering from there, understanding all of the moving parts, and then bring that back to those different deliverables, right? I think this is where we aren't thinking as a business, right? We, when you think about growing a business, a lot of the business growth happens to be around either total number of customers, total amount of, uh, of revenue, or it could even be you know, individual touch points along the way. And so this is where... You know, it comes back into, you know, I, I laugh every time I say it now because uh, Kevin Sturmer, our, our intro music, he's, he, he's uh, you know, in his song, in the, we dropped a music NFT here in the, on the podcast for those that aren't familiar. Uh, maybe I'll have to play that again in an upcoming episode. Or, or actually, you know what? I'll do, you, I'll do everyone a favor. We're going to play it. It's going to be a little uh, sneak peek. It'll, we're going to play the music NFT at the end of this episode. So if you stay, stay to the very end, listen to the, the, the little, uh, the, the, the end, uh, you know, role that I have where I I end the podcast. Uh, we'll throw in a little bit of the the Kevin uh, Kevin Sturmer music NFT. But the reason I laugh about it is because uh, I always say you have to define what success is. And in the song, in the in the song, you'll actually hear why I, I kind of laugh a little bit at that. But defining what success success is, and then aligning your goals for what you want to accomplish that are measurable. Attached to those goals need to be resources, time, uh, you know, financial obligations. And I think these are things that we just have to plan for. And, and in some cases, I believe some of these roles can come through collaboration, right? So I actually believe that, you know, this is one of my predictions for future NFT projects, that rather than having to have, you know, one or two, you know, let's just say that, let's, let's just say rather than having to have a team of, of 15 people running your NFT uh, business as your, you know, as you've already delivered your utility, you've already minted out. You don't, I don't think we're going to have to need all of those roles, you know, being full-time to projects. I believe, you know, the, the role of an advisor can also be the role of, you know, let's just say temporary CMO or launch uh, communication manager or, you know, and I think, you know, we have to look at businesses that we know of today, right? Like look at like a business like Shopify or even, you know, like I would argue, go back and look at some of the, the best crowdfunded projects, right? So I, I w- one of the things I've been doing a lot lately is I want to reverse engineer projects that were successful on Kickstarter. Yep, you heard that right. And this is a great place for us to think about this, right? I'm a big believer in, you know, I'm not going to learn as much about being the best, you know, NFT project of the future or NFT business by only studying NFT businesses. I want to look at startup businesses. I want to look at crowdfunded businesses. I want to look at some of the best content creators and how they grew their business. What did, what did Mr. Beast do as he scaled from a thousand subscribers to 10,000 subscribers to a hundred thousand subscribers? How did he grow his team? Where did he spend his budget? How did he plan for maybe a, a, a YouTube uh, ad revenue month that was less than to be desired. But I think that to me, these are, these are some of the moving parts. And as founders, we also have to take a step back and recognize there might be a day and a time that we might not be the best person to be the, in the forefront or leading the project. There might be different components where based on the utility that is being shared or, or where the project is, as a, as a founder, your best job as a leader is to lead from the back. 
I tell you, it's a, bu- a book that I absolutely loved, and I'm not going to lie, I did not read it. I listened to it, and it's a book by Simon Sinek, and most of you know Simon Sinek because you know uh, his TED Talk, one of the most world-renowned TED Talks, but it's actually not that TED Talk. It's actually a different book that he wrote afterwards, and the name of the book is called Leaders Eat Last, and I, I recommend anyone that out there to definitely check it out. I, the audiobook is is easy listening, but one of the things that it really talks about is understanding you know, the different times that leaders have to either lead from the front or lead from the back or lead by example or lead through their voice or even in some cases re- step away from being the leader in that moment and letting someone else lead, not because of the role that they have, but because they are best prepared. They have the most experience for executing on that individual, uh, you know, whatever that individual task is. And I, you know, I go to give a shout out to CPG. Uh, I've given them a couple of shout outs as of recently, but you know, they, they recently launched a, an incubator and a builder's club inside of the CPG ecosystem. And one of the things that I noticed quickly was that, you know, Chris and Jamie, who are the co-founders of the project, they handed over the keys for that, uh, that rollout and that execution and who was picking what. They handed over a lot of that responsibility to someone else on their team that was more prepared, more adapted, and had more bandwidth to actually to handle that and to execute on that and build out the, the components of that. And to me, that shows strong leadership. That shows the understanding of a business that a business is not run just top down, but it's also understanding, you know, where all these different moving parts are. And then the last thing I'll say is we also, you know, I I mentioned I wanted you to, you know, visualize a year from now and say what 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 are what's reverse engineer from a year from now with everything in our project going perfectly. Well, now I want you to do me one more favor. I want you to visualize a year from now with everything in your NFT project or business not going perfectly. We have to, it's not planning to fail. I hate, I hate that. Even that phrase gives me, like makes me sick to my stomach. I don't want to plan to fail. Planning to fail to me is, is, is just, it's the whole concept. It doesn't make sense to me, but we do have to be able to plan for the uncontrollable variables and the things that we cannot control to disrupt or change what we have plans. And I've said this many, many, many times, but when I was hiring my team at the U.S. government and I, you know, I grew my team, 39 direct reports, 120 plus people on our team, and there was number one skill set that we were looking for was the ability to roll with the punches. I wanted to, you know, even my interview questions that when I would interview people, I, they would, they would ask at the end, they're like, you didn't really ask me technical questions. You didn't really ask me about my proficiency in cybersecurity. I was like, I know. Because you know what? I can teach you that. And I'm going to make you go through a course. And I'm, I'm going to make you shadow somebody. But you know what I, I can't teach for? Is someone's adaptability. Someone's willingness to look at a problem, recognize that the straight line is not going to be there to solve that problem. And how committed are you? How resourceful are you to adapt and change and plan? But that also means that we have to, we have to anticipate things not being the best ever. And I will just give you a, the last thing as I kind of pull this one together is I'll just say, you know, I've been advising, you know, some projects. We've done some consulting calls with, you know, many of you listeners and, you know, shout out to all those that are, are you know, reaching out. And, you know, if you are interested in doing that, you can just send me an email at fanzo at nft365podcast.com and we can we can uh, set up kind of a, a call and we'll see if, you, if it's the right fit. And if it's the right fit, we can, you know, figure out a way, way to move forward. But I will tell you in some, most of these calls, the thing that I end up providing is a, a little bit of third-party validation 
a, a very you know keen awareness of what this market looks like, having minted on you know twenty eight plus block blockchains now three hundred plus days in a row. But I'm also one that has to speak the truth when it says, "How are you planning to not mint out? What does your marketing plan look like the day after you mint or you launch your NFT project, and you've only sold forty NFTs?" What does your marketing plan look like if only 3% of your pre-mint uh, you know, uh, whitelist actually buys the NFTs that are, that are in your collection? And you know, it's, it's funny, I, I usually get like a, you know, people that are like, oh, yeah, we, we do have to plan for that. We, we do have to, to make that um, you know, a priority. But here's, the, here's where I would say that businesses understand that they can't control the customers and that... Oftentimes, the variables that you know that allow a customer to buy or sell aren't just your sales team or your marketing, but a lot of them are conditions outside of their control. But you have to be able to not only plan for the future, but plan for those different components along the way to throw a fork in the road or to change the 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 objectives and the and the things that you have moving forward. And I think you know as we look at growing your business, you you're going to want to factor in like, would I ever want to be set up to receive VC funding. Well, what do I have to do in my business? What do I have to do, you know, in my financial side to prepare myself to to get funding, right? What does that even look like? And if that's not something you're interested in, well, what is my plan to scale if the secondary market sales of my project aren't where they're at right now or aren't where they're at in the near future? These are all things that I believe that we just have to kind of understand. And I will just say, for those that are listening, I don't want you to get, you know, disheartened. I don't want you to get, uh, you know, kind of pull back from the idea of launching your own NFT business, because here's the beauty. There are a ton of people that want to get into Web3 that aren't sure where they fit, but guess what their skill set is? They are strong at building a startup. They are strong at being uh, building businesses online. They have built and scaled businesses. There are a lot of people out there right now that are wondering what, what is their role in Web3, and more than likely, their role is partnering with you and having a role within your business for a skill set and a and a job that isn't something in your wheelhouse or in your current team's wheelhouse. So don't get you know don't get discouraged. I think this is uh, a beauty of where we're at. I believe you know we are going to see less rug pulls and less projects that just go to zero because they are thinking about this as a business. And and I will make the statement, and I heard this statement from my team as well, is that. If you want to ask yourself why most of these NFT projects are at zero, it's not because of the bear market. It's not because of their NFT owners were a bunch of idiots that just threw money at things. It was because they weren't building a business. They didn't understand what it meant, the commitment required. Like when you build a business and you're an entrepreneur, you can have the greatest day ever, go to sleep, wake up, and have the worst day ever. And you have to be able to plan for that and adapt to that. And it is not something that I, that I, I say lightly because it is a, a roller coaster. But the, the beauty of this is that I believe if you are building your business and you have a vision and a mission and a clear definition of success, and you're not thinking about this as a money grab or a quick hitting, uh, uh, just a project to capitalize on the market... You are destined to big things and destined to success. So I hope and hopefully that helped. Um, you know, and if you know if there's someone in your network in your community that you think this podcast would be this podcast episode would be great for, do me a favor, hit that hit that share button on whatever podcasting app that you're listening to this on. Hit copy link and send them that message right now.
I know, I know. You'll send it to them later. You're on the treadmill. You're, you know, walking your dog. You're probably right now degening on OpenSea. Let's be, be, be truthful. Like, open up another tab, send a DM, and put the link of this episode in there for me, and send this to those that need to hear it. The last thing I'll just say is, you know, for those that are really enjoying the content, I would also love for you to hit follow on whichever podcast you're listening to. If you're already hitting follow or subscribed, if you would drop us a, a review over there on Apple Podcasts, of course, we would be greatly appreciative of that. And then lastly, if you are you know willing and able and, and wanting to help support us and amplify us as we you know, end get closer to this end of season one, where you know we're really looking for our community's help and support to amplify our project, to amplify you know Mint three sixty five, where we are going to sell this entire collection as one mosaic. And you know, I believe we is greater than me, and uh, I'm easily going to tap in and say, uh, for this to be a successful. You know, November 11th, 2022, we need the we. We need all of you that are listeners, all of you that are supporting the podcast. So we'll have additional details on how you can support, how you can help us uh, along the way on this journey. But I want to thank everybody for listening. I did tease out and I sold you and I will hold you hold true that uh, after I play this uh, this little part here uh, on the end roll, uh, I will include the music NFT. So for those that missed out on, uh, on do your own damn research, which I caught my daughter singing the other day when I walked into their bedroom, <laughs> sorry teachers, um, then uh, stick around for that. But we also have to give a shout out to our sponsor, Crypto Business Conference. We are excited to be heading out there to San Diego as a team. Uh, not only am I excited to be on stage and, and speaking on, on day two, but you know the amazing lineup of friends and, and leaders that are going to be there. You know, Gigi, the founder uh, of Crypto Tech Women. Uh, we have the founder of uh, No Bull Project will be there. Uh, there will be people talking metaverse and uh, creator coins and just a, a wide uh, range of you know really talented and amazing leaders in this space. It's also a single track event where you don't have to worry about missing your favorite speaker or going to the different room or or where are you going to spend your time or how am I going to pick the right session. It's it's a single track, which means we all get to consume, we all get to learn, we all get to network off of the same content. So definitely check them out, socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT365. And well, as always, until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day and enjoy our music NFT by the voice of NFT365, the amazingly talented Kevin Sturmer. Cheers. This show is not financial advice. So do your own damn research. From the D to the Y to the O, do your own damn research. What the f*** is a non-fungible token? Define success. Define success. We, we, we are greater than me. This show is not financial advice. So do your own damn research. D-Y-O-D-R. Jumping in on a hot new trend. Don't follow from afar. Before sharing it with all your friends. Do your own damn research. Do your own damn research. Do your own damn research. And you'll find success. This show is not financial advice. Do your own damn research. Do your own damn research. 
365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, the show is over.